Bill mentioned you had um, church camp last week. And what you can't see in that top photo is the fact that I was half dead and I was leaning against the fence, panting for dear life. What's wrong? Is that better? <laughs> okay, whatever. It reckons it's wrong. Got an ocean. Okay. We're going to have to share, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I could make new sex. Could be a struggle. <laughs> um, yeah, the picture here is of me leaning against the fence, panting for dear life. I'd been up this track, um, some sort of gorge, Raupaki, Rupaki, what was it called? Rakaia, thank you. <laughs> one should always do, there's a moral lesson here, one should always do one's research carefully when one says, yeah, I'll go for a walk. <laughs> it's incredibly steep. When we got to this place, and there's a sign which says, um, the walk to the uh, lookout, 1.7 k's, 40 minutes. I'm thinking, how the heck would it take 40 minutes to get 1.7 k? Well, I found out how it takes 1.7 k. And at this point, the rest of the group, or at least a faction thereof, um, decided that they would continue for another 15 minutes down the hill and up. And they said, did I want to come? I said, no. I need to be sure that I will make it back. And there was some doubt about that. And I thought, heck, I'm 110 kilos. I'd be in the middle of nowhere. It would be quite a lump to get me out of there. So, yeah, good day. I'm still walking out the stiffness of that experience. But anyway, do your homework. Mate, I need more than a chocolate when I got home. Okay. So today our, our text is... Galatians 3, 26 to 29, which is going to be appearing up shortly. So we'll just do the first bit now, we'll do the, the next bit later on. For in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. As many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female. For all of you are one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. And I thought about us having this conversation today, Stephen, because Hobson at Waitangi said something which I think might have drawn on this verse. And he said, as they were signing the Treaty of Waitangi, we are now one people. And I'm kind of conscious that in that context, the missionaries who were sort of the, the midwives of the treaty actually were not high church or institutional Anglicans. They were evangelical ones. They were ones that would have fitted in here, in our sort of spir spiritual stream. And you also had people like Hobson, who was the agent for the, the Foreign Office. And at that stage, the Foreign Office was full of evangelical Christians too, I understand. 
So we've got our fingerprints all over this thing. Yes, I, I was reading somewhere that um, the um, cradle of the Treaty of Waitangi was Christianity. And, um, and, and you, you look back at how um, it all came about, and yeah, it was evangelical Christians that, uh, okay, it got mucked up afterwards in many ways, but um, the start of it was really good. Um, and the motivation was concern yep, for the yep, people. Yep, 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 very much. Absolutely. Okay, so going back to the original context in Galatians 3, what's the social background to this letter, do you reckon? Um, the, the social background is um, a, a new church um, with people of a whole lot of different nations there, Jews, Gentiles, but you also Greeks, Romans, um, goodness knows what else, um, and um, people of um, doing different things, different backgrounds. Um, so a whole mishmash of people. And I understand that um, the Pharisees had a prayer, ah. which they said every morning. <laughs> I thank you, Lord, that I was not born a Gentile, I was not born a slave, and I was not born a woman. Now looking at that passage up there, there is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female. And I suspect the Jewish people sitting in the audience hearing this early on would have got what Paul was aiming at. What was the Jewish view of Gentiles, do you reckon, and why? Jewish view of Gentiles were, well, one, they were odd because they had all these gods. Well, Judaism is monotheistic, one God, um, which was very rare. Um, and they, they did a whole lot of things that Jews just didn't do. Um, yeah, to the point I understand that um, Jews were regarded as atheists because they didn't worship a statue. Ah. Weird, eh? Yeah, yeah. To us. <laughs> you should read bits of Isaiah where it talks about statues of gods. And how do you reckon pagans and Greeks saw Jews? Weird. <laughs> For the opposite reasons. Yeah. Um, and uh, to drop in a um, bit, um, I... I went to school in London, um, and my school um, was a state school, and everyone had the assembly, and we'd have the compulsory hymn, prayer, and Bible reading. Um, and then the Jews would walk in. Um, so they were out for that. And on Saturdays, you'd often see them, even ones that, that high, in black suits and weird hats, you know, um, and, you know, they were different even, even nowadays. Um, but back then, they would also have been very different and very odd. Um, so we've got this church, or this gathering, where we've got Jewish folk who are used to keeping all the feast days and all the, was it 600 mm. laws? 600 and something, yeah, I think. 34 or something. Quite, yeah, quite a lot. Um, 
and you've got these other people who are really the party animals of the old, te yeah. the, old the ancient yeah. world, mm. and they're coming together. And so, what was the situation that Galatians was? What was the sort of theological situation? What was the social situation that Galatians? What was yeah. the problem that they were facing? The the problem was that um, some people came, Jews, uh, Jewish Christians came into the the church and started saying. Yep, what you should be doing is Christianity plus. So Christianity plus you had to be circumcised. This would, is what will mark you out as being true. Um, which of course was going against what Paul had agreed with the apostles in Jerusalem and was taking Christianity back into Judaism or attempting to. And so Paul writes this, I, I think, quite hurried um, letter. Um, you can sort of imagining, well, the scribe scribbling away, you know, get it in the next post as quick as possible. Um, yeah, so he's concerned, isn't he? This, yes, this, is, yep. this is strong, yep. sweeping yeah. language he's got yep. here. Um, and I guess he's worried are we just going to become another faction of Judaism and disappear? Or is the real gospel, this real shift, going to take wings? Yeah, yeah. So a lot's at stake. Yep. Um, it could have been if it had gone the wrong way, we wouldn't have been here. Either that or we're all circumcised. <laughs> well, some of us. Okay, so we're all one in Christ. What have we got in common when you unpack that? You're making me do all the work. I am. It's really good. <laughs> yeah. It's like being white in the game of chess. You've always got to respond as black. Yes. <laughs> um, well, uh, for, forgiveness is, uh, at the cross, is the, the huge thing that we all have in common. Um, as Christians, we are forgiven because Jesus died on the cross. But it doesn't end there. It goes on. We have the Spirit. We've, God has given us his Spirit to live within us so that we can live this, this new, this different life. Um, and we belong in Christ. Yeah. Not with Christ. Yep. Not next to Christ, but in Christ. Yep. Very much. And we've got this image from other, uh, I can't think if it's in Galatians, anywhere else in Galatians, but certainly in Corinthians and some of other Paul's letters, we're part of the body of Christ. Mm. What do you take from that? Is that just a sort of a highfalutin metaphor, a word picture of how we are, or is it something more? Yeah, I, I think it's very much more. Um, and that, um, yes, it, it's, it's a good picture. Um, if you think about, you know, um, your arms here, your legs and all these things, um, different parts of us, all different, but we're all part of the same thing. Um, so that is in, in reality, that um, we are all different people, um, and, but we are this one um, that um, keeps us together because we are in Christ. Now, it occurred to me that that 
picture of the different limbs and things. I mean, young, young Zachary is off to play football in um, the States, and he's a defender, and he's in a team, and there'll be a striker and a goalie and a centre-half and other people. But when we say in Christ, it's more than just being part of a team, isn't it? Mm. It's a more profound yep. unity. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Because, after all, Zach, sorry to jump on Wake you. Wake you up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's part of that team, as it were, for a bit, and then goes away and does other things. And uh, Not too many wild parties. And, um, but, um, yeah, goes away and does other things and then comes back again. But we are all the time um, part of that, that one body. Yeah. And there's this other word up there, clo or phrase, clothed yourself with Christ. Yeah. Which I guess is, is maybe talking about their custom of the baptismal robes, where you sort mm. of were put on these white robes afterwards to symbolise that you were forgiven. Mm. That's quite a strong picture, isn't it? Yeah, yep, yep. It, it's one that, it, it'd almost be nice to bring it back, and, um, because it is such a strong picture. You, you're baptised and then you come out in... I suppose you do put on new clothes, otherwise they're soaking wet. But, but they, they were special clothes. Um, yeah, but we're talking about jeans and a T-shirt, not white, <laughs> white robes. Yep. Okay, and we're Abraham's heirs, according to the promise, not by descent. Yeah. So that's yeah. a big kick at the, at the Jewish folk who would have thought of themselves yep, as Abraham's. I can, I can take my lineage all the way back yep. to... Abraham and then all these Christians come in and we are heirs of Abraham but not through that genealogy um, it's because of what Jesus has done so we've got a common baptism as well yep. I guess uh, a common death and resurrection yep you familiar with Romans 6 of course you are yes studied man <laughs> Baptised into the death yep. of Jesus mm. and risen with him. Mm. Mm. Powerful stuff, eh? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and, yeah, that's, I think, one of the wonderful things about baptism is you, you see that going down, coming up. Um, it's not what you get with infant baptism, which where you get a, like I did when I was that long, I'd, um, got a drop of water on oh, your forehead. <laughs> Have I told you my story about the baptism that went wrong? <laughs> Always ask a, pa a pastor about baptism. Actually, I've got, a few, I've got a few of them, but I'll tell <laughs> yeah. you this one. This young, young woman, I was baptising her, and I plunged her down, and she wriggled out to the side, halfway down. And so I thought, flip, I haven't got all of her. So I, and she was starting to come up again, so I went down again, and she squirted up and popped up, spluttering away, and we started singing um, Kumbaya or whatever. <laughs> And I thought, flip, she's got a dry bit. <laughs> right back here. I'd missed it. And it was kind of too late by that stage. Everything had moved on and people were having prophetic words and stuff. And so I said to her later, look, we probably need to have a coffee. And I said, look, I've got this confession I've got to make to you. I, um, you know, it was great baptism, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I missed a bit. And we had a little bit of a chat, and we had to theologize about what this might mean. And we decided that when we were both walking down the streets of gold one day, there'd be just this blurry bit. 
<laughs> back here, and she's okay. <laughs> anyway, reading on from Galatians 4, my point is this. Heirs, as long as they are minors, as kids, are no better than slaves. Many children have probably felt that. Though they are the owners of all the property, but they remain under guardians and trustees until the date set by the father. So with us. While we were minors, we were enslaved to the elemental spirits of the world, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent a son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as children. And because you are children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a child. And if a child, then also an heir through God. First question. It's good having Hebrew. First question. <laughs> many translations would not put in that last sentence, child, but they would say son. But a son, and if a son, then also an heir through God. Is this just a better translation because it's using less sexist or less gendered language? I, th I think the reason some translations keep it as son um, is that the son was the heir. Um, sorry if you're not, if you were a daughter, um, you weren't, weren't the heir. It's just the son um, who's the heir. Um, so... Um, Things have changed since those days. Um, nowadays, um, even in the royal family, now, um, if you are female, you can become an heir. Um, whereas up till recently, it's only if there was no one left standing. Um, you got that by default sort of thing. Um, now, New Zealand farming families, often the daughter is a second-class heir. <laughs> Because yeah. we want the yeah. farm to stay in the, yeah. in the family yeah. name. And that mm. usually means that the son taking it on. Mm. But yeah, mm. okay. Um, so I, I think having a son is, is a reminder of that thing, that this is the heir. Um, but nowadays, child... So it's into a new relationship. So what's this ABBA business? I'm taking it's not a Swedish supergroup. <laughs> it's you prophetic. don't want me to sing any of their songs. <laughs> Um, Abba simply means is is sometimes it's get translated as daddy, but I think it's a more grown up word than than daddy. But it's a term of real intimacy. Um, so Abba, father, it's basically father is the translation, but father is a bit less intimate, I suppose. Um, so. But real respect as well. You yeah. didn't mess yep. with your Abba. No. Yeah. No. Okay. Okay, so segue now. The significance of all of this in our lives. <laughs> Living into our being the beloved child of God. I'm kind of reminded when we talk about this sort of stuff about you know Jesus' question, and it's in the gospel somewhere, you know, if you've heard that phrase, it's in the Bible somewhere. Um, do you want to be well? Do you want to be free? And I think about, you know, I've had experiences, I've talked about here, of depression through life. And one of the questions that anyone who faces that has to 
deal with is when depression is closing in, in an odd sort of a way, it feels familiar. You know how it works, and you know how you are. Do I really want to be free of this? Because freedom is odd, initially. It can be unsettling. Who am I if I'm not down? If I'm not Eeyore? Who will I be now? And I wonder whether the thing that often holds us back as Christians is the attachment to the, the old, even if the old's a bit dysfunctional. What do you reckon? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, you're, you're stepping out into something new, and new is scary. Um, but new can be very good. It takes a bit of courage, though, doesn't it? Yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So we're to, if we look back there, we're to treat each other in the light of God's love in Christ. Oh my, how are we doing? <laughs> that is scary. <laughs> <laughs> so in our relationships, in our unity, in our working through conflicts and our obligations to each other, you've seen this done well, you've seen this done poorly? Want to tell us a story? <laughs> poorly, you could tell many, many stories. And, um, I, I want to... May go slightly off. Um, I, I work for an uh, NGO, non governmental organization, social servants agency. Um, and um, we worked with some of the, I suppose you could refer to them as the, the people below society um, the, the addicts, the alcoholics, um, people with bad mental health. Um, situations. There were lots of Maori and um, um, Pacific Islanders, and um, yeah, you could pick out fairly quickly who the Christians were that were working there. Um, they just treated people differently, and in conversations with them, and and you know, facing how do you cope with having client after client after client after client through the day and a queue of them outside and your um, administration getting bigger and bigger. Um, but how do you cope with that? And um, talking with a number of them, it's, look, I don't look at them as a person who's got a mental health problem or uh, a really bad alcoholic or that type of thing. That's a, a secondary thing. The first thing I look at is, or first thing I think of is, they, um, Jesus was died for them, uh, just as he died for me. His love is for them as well as for me. Therefore, I should give that love over and, and see them as equal, but with things that need dealt with. And coming at it that way, it, it really shone out as different. Well, my story involves this church, and I remember when I came here in 2016, goodness me, it's been a long time, Phil, I should be looking for another job, you're right, uh, in 2016, and we had, at that point over the road, there was a green bit of dirt, 
which was where the old church had been. And the question was what we were going to do with it. Is this coming back to anybody? And we had a proposal from a developer to essentially do what's happened now, put older people's housing on it. And we would get one of the houses and a bit of cash. Well, we got together for a members meeting after doing your consultation, and it seemed like there were a lot of different voices in the room. And I remember saying, okay, if you think this is a bad idea at the moment, can you just go over to that side? And if you think it's a good idea, go over to that side. And we were split pretty much 50-50. And I'm thinking, oh, good grief. This is going to be hard. But anyway, we got talking to each other and we got listening and we had, I think might have had two meetings. And in the course of those discussions, a couple of people started changing their minds. And Mr. Alan Curry, who was just on the board at that stage, went from the yes group to the no group. And everyone started laughing. I said, you can't do that, you're on the board. And they laughed even louder. And I knew at that point it was going to be okay. Because unlike previous challenges and conflicts here, there was a sense of humour, there was a listening, and actually the people were more important than the outcome. And we got through it, and we got to a stage where we had a good result, and we all still love each other. So it can work. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Practical question for you. We're all one in Christ, so how can we have slaves? <laughs> well, eventually they were abolished through eventually. Christianity, but eventually... 1,500 um, years later, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, part of it, if you just abolished slavery back then, at that time, the place would have fallen apart <laughs> um, economically and in, in every other way. Um, but I, th I think the... It's the focus on the relationship rather than the status um, was the important thing. Um, and, you know, slaves did make it good. Um, remember that book, um, Philemon, and that person with that weird name, Anisimus? Um, Realise he became a bishop. Um, bishop of Ephesus. Know, Ephesus, that's right. Was he still um, a slave when he was a bishop? We don't yeah. know. He could have been. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. And, um, officially, yep. Um, and there does seem to be this priority in Paul's letters that actually everything is subservient to the gospel. Hmm. Spread of the gospel comes first. Hmm. Issues of social life, of anything else, is a secondary thing. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. What do we not have in common, Stephen? What do you and I not have in common? Heritage. You're a foreigner, I'm an <laughs> I'm English. <laughs> the whole world's your oyster, isn't it? And in this room, we've got people from Nigeria. Yeah. And we've got a Māori person. A couple Māori people. A few Scottish. Scottish. <laughs> a few oh, golfers. Yes. <laughs> and role and status in life. Yep, there's huge differences even amongst us here, but you go into the wider yeah. church, there's, yeah. yeah. I, I am good mates with several pastors who left school in year 10, mm. and I'm a private school boy with two degrees. <laughs> and yet it still works. Yeah. Amazing, isn't it? And our cultural background, it makes us look at the world differently, doesn't it? Um, 
we were talking the other day about Māori Pākehā mm. and funerals. And every so often, there is this awful thing that unfolds in the media where it's sort of like a tug of war with the body, somebody's body. Mm. Because one part of the family wants to bury Uncle Bruce here and the other wants to bury him here. And it looks awful. But there's a, cultural, there's a couple of cultural values sitting underneath that that might not be obvious to people who are Pākehā. Mm. One is that in the Māori world, whānau is more important than marriage, even if it's a very long-term marriage. Mm. Mm. And the other one is, it's the highest form of compliment to the deceased to have a tug of war about them. <laughs> now, it might not be great for the people left behind, mm. but it shows that that is a person of mana, that is a person of standing. Yep, yep. I've also got a mate who's a uh, university lecturer and she has a big issue with some of her students from East Asia, particularly Korea, because they'll do an assignment and she gets in a report on the assignment comes back and the report will say X percentage of this assignment was plagiarised and here are the references to it. And she's had them one where it have been 70 and 80 percent. And the funny thing is, it's not because they're cheats, it's because they're brought up in a culture to reverence and respect that which has gone before, what their elders have done. So it's quite a challenge for some of these students to do their own work, because hmm. they think they should just be parroting what somebody older and wiser and more high up the Confucian scale than them has written. Big, big difference. Yeah, yeah. Struggle mm -hmm. with our yeah. world. Now, Māori and Pākehā, specifically, mm. what, what cultural differences do you see expressed in church life? Sorry, I'm having a brain right. fade at the moment. Okay, well, yeah. I, 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 I um, had a bit of time in Auckland looking at Destiny Church, which mm. is mostly Māori and Polynesian. And one of the things I noticed was that every night of the week there's something going there's always mm. things on. Mm. Whereas we are very careful in a sort of um, middle New Zealand church not to overstack the expectations, mm. actually to have the opposite. Mm. Um, and it comes to a question then of how you make church open at the edges to people of different cultures. Mm. And I saw this when I was in Mount Roskill, which back in the day, was a large multicultural church. Probably 40% of the church was born overseas, mostly in South Asia and East Asia. And so we had two services. The first service was dominated by people um, from overseas. But we had a members meeting there to call a new pastor. And this was a church of, I don't know, probably 400. So that maybe they had 150 people from overseas. Of those 150 people, two people came to the members meeting. <laughs> And I was aghast at this. And apparently that was the normal pattern. Our Robert's rules and our motions and our, all our funny processes of how we do things are actually quite alienating mm. for folk who are not brought up with it. Mm. And I've got this problem in the wider Baptist world because in a lot of ethnic Baptist churches, this congregational governance thing, what are you talking about? I'm the pastor, I say what goes. 
and they expect me to say what goes. And it's real tricky. <laughs> it's real tricky. Anything else you want to say about that? Um. Ah, carry on. <laughs> We're going to segue into communion now. Stephen, communion for you, bro. I, I, th I think especially in, in the light of this, this is where it, it all comes together. The, so the, the big focus where I, I think you can't focus other than from that um, because we all come together round this, this table um, and there remember the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That one thing which makes us all one. Which would have been pretty tricky at the beginning with all those food rules. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Jesus says, well, round the table. Yep. That's mm. our highest mm. form of worship. Yeah. yeah. And I think for us, you know, we often talk about, you know, we remember what Jesus has done for us and all that kind of stuff. But there's also a sense in which we're eating and drinking. Mm. This is sustenance for the journey. Mm. This is us coming together around a table relationally. And it's also the future thing. We do this until he returns. Yeah casts our eye forward so on that note would the communion stewards like to come up we're just going to take uh, a minute or two with a bit of music and I want you just to shut your eyes and if you've got business you need to do with God now would be a good time to do it but just to still yourself and focus on what's coming To you be glory, almighty God, because in the night before he died, your son Jesus Christ took bread. When he'd given you thanks, he broke it. Gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this to remember me. After supper, he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, This cup is a new covenant and my blood poured out for you. Do this as often as you drink it to remember me. If you're here and you are wanting to remember Jesus with us, you are most welcome to take the elements.
Therefore, loving God, recalling now Christ's death and resurrection, we ask you to accept this, our sacrifice of praise. Send your Holy Spirit upon us and our celebration, that we may be fed with the body and blood of your Son and be filled with your life and your goodness. Strengthen us to do your work and to be your body in the world. Unite us in Christ and give us your peace. Amen.